to A Galaxy Far, Far Away, a podcast that is going to explore the infinitely larger history of the Star Wars universe than what we see on screen alone. My name is John, and I will be your host. I am very passionate about Star Wars. It inspired my excitement and imagination and curiosity at a young age, and it's continued to do so as I've grown older. And I know a lot of people feel the same way that I do, and hopefully this will be fun and interesting for you. Taking on this podcast as a project was specifically inspired by the new Mandalorian TV show out on Disney+. Plus. It has ignited the latest spark of Star Wars excitement among my friends and me. And I'm the sort of person who, anytime I'm watching a TV show or a movie, uh, and something triggers question about backstory or context or something, I go and look it up as quick as I can, sort of dig deeper into the story. And as a result of that, I've sort of become the person all my friends go to when they have those questions, because chances are I've already looked up the answer. And I want to be able to share the information in a fun, easy to digest way for anyone who also shares their curiosity, uh, as well as Uh, enabling me to learn even more than I already know, and we can kind of go on this journey together. Uh, And if all of this appeals to you, then welcome to episode one. This is the podcast you're looking for. There is one thing I need to address, though, before we dig into the actual stories and content, and that is, what is canon? What stories am I going to be talking about? Uh, What counts as the truth, if you will? Disney versus Lucas is basically what we're getting at here. Oh, when the Disney company uh, purchased all the intellectual property of Star Wars a number of years ago, they sort of went about reorganizing the canon, what used to be known as the expanded universe, which was anything sort of uh, media-related that was not directly produced by George Lucas, but but was uh, sort of approved by him, hundreds of books published, comic books, among other things. Uh, And that's where a lot of their information is going to come from. Most of that expanded universe stuff uh, has been now deemed by Disney to be legends, quote-unquote, and not like officially part of their, what they consider as canon. It's uh, up to their discretion to change or contradict any of those stories in any of their new productions if they would like to, to create their own story. Uh, So basically how I'm going to tell these stories and address this history is that if there is anything that is not contradicted by something Disney themselves has put out, uh, then we're going to just treat that as the truth as far as the universe of Star Wars goes, the facts, uh, any conflicting stories I'll definitely address, uh, and anything that Disney says is the canon as it exists right now, based on what they put out, I will emphasize that story, but definitely will also mention uh, alternatives that have existed in that expanded universe and the legends, as they're now called. I'm also going to do my best to tell stories and talk about characters in a way that even someone new to Star Wars uh, will understand, and I recognize that not everyone is uh, as obsessed with it as I am and commits everything to memory. So as 
best I can, I'm always going to go back and uh, reference connections and remind you of uh, who characters are when I mention them, uh, just to make sure everyone understands, everyone's on the same page, and we can all uh, know what's going on and, and enjoy the stories. So with that being said, let me give a quick summary of what we've seen on screen, so that when I'm referencing specific episodes, you know which one I'm talking about because I might use some term, different terms for different movies. If I talk about the original Star Wars, then I'm talking about the 1977 Star Wars movie that is now known as Episode Four: A New Hope. George Lucas started the saga in the middle, and uh, as designed to be three separate trilogies, the middle piece, the beginning piece, and the end piece. Uh, so he made the middle piece first uh, with that first Star Wars movie. So when I say the original Star Wars or the first Star Wars, I'm actually referring to episode four. This is the episode where Luke Skywalker uh, meets Obi-Wan Kenobi, discovers the Force, travels to join the rebellion against the Empire, and ultimately destroys the Death Star. And then we have episode 5, The Empire Strikes Back. This uh, is the one where there's an ice planet. Luke first meets Yoda, the small green Jedi Master who begins teaching him about the Force. He is then uh, goes on to the Cloud City where his other friends have traveled to Han Solo, Princess Leia. And, spoiler alert, where he discovers that Darth Vader, the antagonist of the first film, is his father and was not the murderer of his father, as Obi-Wan previously told Luke. Then the final movie of the original trilogy, as we will call it, uh, Episode Six: The Return of the Jedi. This is where the Empire builds a second Death Star, and Luke has to go and destroy it, while also at the same time trying to bring his father back from the dark side of the force to the light side, a redeem a redemption story arc. Luke really uh, comes of age and successfully destroys the second Death Star. Darth Vader kills the Emperor, effectively destroying the Empire. Now I will talk about the film's episodes 1, 2, and 3 as the prequel trilogy. So these are the stories that were released starting in 1999, telling the story of things that happened before that original trilogy. So chronologically, it's out, the movies are released out of order. Uh, episode 1, where the young Anakin Skywalker is discovered by two Jedi. Uh, the planet of Naboo, the peaceful planet, is invaded by a robot army that is then successfully fought off with the help of the Jedi, of Anakin, and their amphibious life on the planet. Episode 1 also features... What I think is the coolest villain in all of Star Wars as Darth Maul, who gets a tragically short amount of screen time. He's the guy with the horns on his head and the double-bladed lightsaber. Super cool. This is followed by Episode 2, The Attack of the Clones. In this movie, which is set 10 years in the future, Anakin is basically grown up. And this one, we have assassination attempts on Senator... Amidala, whom Anakin is in love with, and also the secret creation of a clone army we discover. And so we have these clones that are being created, and the droid war is still happening, ex expanded throughout the whole galaxy. It's basically a civil war film. The uh, galaxies in civil war, these robot army 
groups versus the Jedi, and then eventually this clone army. The big climax of this film is a battle between a bunch of the Jedi and the droids, and then the leader of the droids, Count Dooku, who is a dark side of the Force user, a Sith Lord. Obi-Wan and Anakin are fighting him, and Anakin loses his hand. Obi-Wan is knocked unconscious. Yoda has to come in and fight. Uh, Count Dooku escapes, though, and Anakin gets a robot hand and then marries his sweetheart, Padme Amidala. In between episodes two, the Attack of the Clones, and episode three is the events that take place during the animated TV show, The Clone Wars. That went for six seasons and basically just told the everyday stories of this galactic civil war through the eyes of Anakin Skywalker, Obi-Wan Kenobi, and Anakin's apprentice, Ahsoka Tano. During the series, Anakin is entrusted with a Jedi trainee, and he trains her throughout the course of the show until towards the end of the series, she has a falling out with the Jedi and goes her own separate way. The final movie in the prequel trilogy is Episode 3, The Revenge of the Sith. This is where we find out that the Dark Lord of the Sith, Darth Sidious, is really the Chancellor. He's been plotting everything from the beginning as a puppet master in the shadows orchestrating this whole civil war as a way for him to end up taking power, creating the Empire, and taking control personally of the whole galaxy. And he ends up also corrupting the young Anakin Skywalker, turning him to the dark side. He becomes Darth Vader, who also fathers Luke Skywalker, Princess Leia, and... This is what leads into the conflict of the Empire versus the Rebellion. We see the seeds of the Rebellion being planted at the end of the movie. Yoda goes into hiding on Dagobah, where he'll eventually meet Luke and begin to train him. Obi-Wan takes Luke to Tatooine with via his aunt and uncle. And so it sort of is a movie that basically sets the stage for the original Star Wars, as I said, uh, the first movie of the original trilogy episode four a new hope where we have a grown-up luke going off uh, to have his adventures now i think we're finally ready to jump into the actual history the chronology of the star wars universe uses a dating system based around the battle of yavin and that is the battle where luke blows up the death star in the original star wars movie from 1977 so all the dates that we'll talk about are either before the Battle of Yavin, X number of years, or after the Battle of Yavin. So where our story begins is when the galaxy first forms. And this galaxy, we have to assume, forms like any other galaxy does. And this is not a physics podcast, so we aren't going to talk about how the galaxy formed or anything like that. There isn't a lot of source information about the very, very beginnings of the Star Wars galaxy. We do know a little bit uh, and can speculate about some other stuff. Obviously, the Force. The Force comes into existence, and so that's what we'll spend, I think, most of this episode talking about is going to be the Force and its origins in the Star Wars galaxy. 
and how the life forms in the galaxy began to sort of interact with the Force, interact with each other. So the first question really is, what is the Force? Uh, so let's try and explain it. The first explanation of the Force that we get in canon is in that original Star Wars A New Hope movie from 1977. Uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi explains it to Luke upon meeting him. And the Force is what gives the Jedi his power. It's an energy field created by all living things. It surrounds us and penetrates us. It binds the galaxy together. So that was all anyone really knew about the Force from the beginning. Uh, and since then, though, it has been expanded quite a bit. And particularly in the prequel trilogy, Episode 1, The Phantom Menace, we learn about another aspect of the Force, the oh-so-controversial midichlorians. And I've dug a little bit deeper into the midichlorians for the sake of dispelling some misunderstanding about them, uh, some of the criticism that George Lucas and the prequels faced regarding their introduction. And so hopefully... Uh, I'm not going to be opposed to any criticism of them, uh, but just to put the whole idea of the midichlorians into context, I think that I should explain what I have dug into. So it turns out that the midichlorians aren't something that George Lucas just sort of pulled out of nowhere when he was writing the prequel trilogy. Uh, he is actually quoted as having thought them up from the beginning, the original stories back in 1977, uh, he's quoted as saying, It is said that certain creatures are born with a higher awareness of the Force than humans. Their brains are different. They have more midichlorians in their cells. So that tells us that midichlorians are not what make the Force, or they aren't the Force themselves. They are, in fact, a way in which other life forms are able to interact and contact the force so i think for me at least it's okay to acknowledge they exist and still maintain the sort of mysterious aspect of what the force itself actually is as far as being just a ethereal energy field that exists throughout the entire universe yoda tells us in the empire strikes back that life creates it and makes it grow. So we know that life and the Force sort of coexist, and one didn't exist without the other, so life happened, and the Force was born out of life. And then we learn in the Clone Wars TV show, uh, in several episodes of Season 6, the, the last three episodes, there is we find out where the midichlorians came from. There's a planet... It doesn't have an official name. It's sort of referred to in the show as the Wellspring of Life. It is hidden towards the center of the galaxy. And we learn that it is on this planet that the midichlorians first came into being. And then they spread out throughout the galaxy from here. It's not explained how they spread throughout the galaxy considering they are microscopic. I think that based on how they behave in the movies we're told that they live inside of our own cells so uh sort of like 
in a symbiotic relationship, they enter into the cells of life forms, maybe on that original planet. And then when those uh, life forms left the planet, they sort of spread out. Uh, I don't want to call them like a virus uh, or a parasite because they are inherently good. Um, they are symbiotes, so they provide that benefit to their host. And that benefit is enabling those uh, creatures that have a lot of them inside to be able to t contact the Force and use the Force uh, like the Jedi do. And so we have the galaxy, we have the Force, we have sentient life forms forming. And this is all you know, happening in the very beginning. And then, like any other galaxy, like our own galaxy, uh, our own planet, uh, life slowly evolves from the very rudimentary into more advanced life forms, uh, people technologically advance, and eventually we get to the point where the secrets of hyperspace travel are unlocked. And this becomes a pivotal point in the Star Wars galaxy. Hyperspace in Star Wars is very cool, and I tend to spend a whole episode talking about it at some point uh, in the future, the physics of it, the technology, and all that stuff. But that will have to wait. There is a animal in the Star Wars universe. It is called the Pergil. Pergil is like a giant whale mixed with a squid. The front half is like a whale. The back half is like a squid. It lives in space, and it is able to travel through hyperspace. Uh, it's not really understood, or at least it's not explained, how they are able to do this, but uh, various other sentient life forms were able to study this animal, and from their study of this animal were able to invent the hyperdrives that they use to travel through hyperspace themselves, and finally get in contact with other species with species from different planets now able to mingle and interact uh, we have a lot of new activity that happens in the galaxy uh, one thing that happens now is all the force sensitive individuals are able to meet and interact from different planets and so uh, people that are more attuned to the force uh, create organizations most notably the jedi is formed in this time of the Jedi being a group of Force users that dedicate themselves to using the Force uh, to preserve peace and justice in the galaxy. Uh, other Force users that prefer to use the Force for their own benefit and the seeking out of power and control will also be formed as well. And uh, governmental entities will expand from individual planets out into uh, multi-planet groups and eventually forming an entire galactic governmental system known as the Old Republic. The Old Republic era is a time period that we are going to be spending probably quite a bit of time talking about going forward from here. And so this is where we will leave off for today thank you all for listening i hope you enjoy my stab at this podcast thing as much as i've enjoyed making it and sharing this information with you all 
you have any questions, comments, criticisms, or uh, suggestions, feel free to reach out at swgalaxypodcast at gmail.com. And until next time, may the Force be with you. Thank you.